One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Before we start this podcast, this is the second part of our coverage of WrestleMania 1. If you've not heard the first part, why not listen to that first, silly? Uh, or not. I mean, it's a free country. And we're not your dads. Uh, you can make your own choices. <laughs> this is WrestleMania. WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> The next match, match four, <laughs> uh, is David Sammartino versus Brutus Beefcake. That's it. So, right, okay. So, so Sammartino's dad yes. looks proper old man hard. He old is. Sc- he, he look, I guess they had a wrestle at the end, didn't they, the dad? So, yeah, Bruno so, Sammartino is the man who carries the WWF throughout the 70s. And right, okay. he's so super popular. Because, like, look at the state of him. Oh. At that age, you sort of go... God, oh, imagine being that like uh, look that old, but also look that. He's hard. like granite, mate. He's like he's <laughs> like if someone went if there was a film like you have Robert De Niro in now, <laughs> and you go and then he's got a, like an end of level villain that he has to beat. Who is him? But him like four times him. <laughs> that is like San Martino. He looks like a sort of like just absolutely nightmarish version of Robert De Niro. He looks incredible. Oh, like, he when he comes in. chin on him. Oh, oh he moves fast, doesn't he, for an old fella? <laughs> oh, man. And Bruno uh, San Martino, the guy he's beating up, is a manager called Luscious Johnny Valiant. <laughs> Luscious. He's, he's, <laughs> there's not... He looks like an albino... Um, Ron Jeremy, that's what like that's yeah. what I would go with more than that. He looks, just... he looks as well like he's in drag, even though he's not in drag. <laughs> I don't know why it he's was. very powdery, doesn't yeah. it? He's a very powdered yeah. man. He really sort of smell of like lavender and soap. I don't know. But <laughs> it takes something to fucking liberate to look butch at the end of that. Jesus Christ. There's some right perms he, going on. He does have the best thing in the world, which is he comes in and he's got that shirt and it just says on the back, luscious Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> Like, imagine wearing that today. You'd get your jaw broken. So this match is the um, Samartino yeah. versus... Samartino uh, Jr., who is David Samartino, right, okay, yeah. versus Brutus Beefcake. Okay, so he later becomes the barber beefcake. Because I does. remember when I was a kid going into Woolworths and they had... That was the one I was drawn to, the figure I was drawn yeah. to, because I was trying to figure out what a beefcake... I'd never heard the term do beefcake you know, before. Do you know, I, I, he was my favourite wrestler when I right. first started watching wrestling in about 1989. I thought he was brilliant. I thought did he, he was really good. Did he, he did, shears? yeah, right, big okay. shears. And, they, you know, every time he'd beat someone who was a no-name, he'd cut their hair right, off. Okay, and that yeah, was, yeah. you know, a humiliating thing for them to go home and, you know, people going going back to work and going, how was your weekend? What's happened to your hair? And you go, <laughs> oh, I'm a wrestler. It's embarrassing. Um, but, uh, Bruce Beefcake at this point has got no gimmick. Mm. And he's just got a terrible name. A terrible... It's like Phil Collins' Easy Lover and you're watching Brutus Beefcake, you know. Wrestling is hard enough for people to accept it's all right. He looks like... Um, he looks like one of the Trump sons. Like, he look, his face is a bit... <laughs> Do you know... Is a bit like that. Yeah, and he's not actually that far off from that because he's he was Hulk Hogan's best friend. 
Right. Uh, he was, his real name's Ed Leslie. And they were really good Ed friends Ed from, from, oh, Ed from Tampa, Florida. Right. They sort of grew up as young men together. And so he was always, wherever Hogan went, Beefcake went. And right. people didn't think he was a very good wrestler. And, you know, I think he got better. He certainly got good at the actual barber thing, exactly at that thing of getting given a gimmick mm, that, that works saves you. everything, yeah. you know. And it, it doesn't really matter whether you're good in the ring because you've got that to mm. sort of prop you up. Um, he's, he, he sort of bat, bats around. His later career doesn't go quite as well, British Beefcake. But there is a great thing he did, which is in 2004, right? he was working in uh, public transport in Boston and he left a bag of cocaine in the booth where he was supposed to be serving passengers. And uh, someone saw it. And the 2004, it was the big year of anthrax scares. Hang on, what was he doing? He was... He was working in a ticket booth in Boston. Brutus the Barber Beefcake? Yes. Incredible. And he left his bag of coke... <laughs> In the window. Well, I mean, look, you want to live that at twice half the speed, don't you? Yeah. Jesus Christ, that I'm, life as a ticket collector I, at Boston. It's just heartbreaking, <laughs> isn't it? Anyway, there's a massive anthrax scare. The whole of Boston shut down. Because of his cocaine. <laughs> Brutus the barber <laughs> is back. Um, oh, he's getting his hair cut off. <laughs> he's getting sent off. <laughs> yeah, it's Fantastic a, stuff. I, Did I, he always, because in, in the pre-match kind of, in, not interview, but the way you do, mm. what do you call like smack talk kind of thing, where you'd sort of say, I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah, yeah. Like, he doesn't do anything. His trainer gets in front of him and he just is forced to just blow raspberry at the camera. I don't know yeah. what... Was that a thing? Was no. the raspberry thing a thing? No, Did no. Did he just miss his cue massively? He, he and is. the wrestler stepped in because he's just better than him? You might be thinking in some way that he's good at this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's not. He really isn't. But I, I, I genuinely do think this is a good idea. I think we should make a T-shirt that just says Luscious Johnny on it. And... Get them numbered so that everyone who buys one is like a numbered Luscious Johnny. <laughs> did you have a problem with Luscious Johnny 24? Yes. Yes, we I did. We know who that is. We know who that is. <laughs> um, I checked on Wikipedia. Uh, Bruno Sammartino, the, the, the dad, still alive, still going wow, crazy. Okay. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a big solid man. And after years of having problems with the WWF about the direction it went in, he sort of mended all the bridges now and they sort of, you know, they put him in the Hall of Fame. Okay, like right, okay. Um, Wikipedia mentions Bruno has a strained relationship with his son, David. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Fantastic stuff. I mean, this is the one, because um, people complain, Luscious John was complaining about um, him having grease on him. Yeah. I don't know what that was like. He's got, <sighs> he's got grease on him. He's got mm, grease on him. I, I think, is that, is that not another sort of racist thing? Oh, is he, thing? Oh, is he, fighters used to grease up. Is he billed as a, as like a, a South American or something? Uh, right? Italian. To, right, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess like a grease ball. Kind but, of, yeah, maybe. But, uh, but yeah. fighters, even in like MMA, fighters sometimes grease themselves too much fasting. It makes it harder to grab them, gives them an unfair advantage. So right. that would be a thing that I suppose if you were pretending it was really real, okay. you might have that, he's greased it. Are but it's giving, also, you... <laughs> it's also a little bit of the racial, isn't it? <laughs> Little bit of racial. Oh my days! Right, uh, match five: Intercontinental Champion Greg Valentine versus Junkyard Dog. Right. Okay. Yes, I um, I do know about Junkyard Dog because he he either lost his legs and is still alive, or died in a car accident on the way home from his daughter's graduation. Yep. It's one of the two, and I don't know. I think it might be lost the legs and and is sad. Oh, you are so close. Oh, no. It was number two. Oh, nuts. Number one is Kamala. Kamala. Oh, God, right. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, uh, again, you know, one of the great black performers in uh, wrestling history, mm. Dog. Huge, huge draw. Well, Massive he, he, main eventer. I liked uh, his 
I really liked his uh, his accent more than anything else. To be honest, oh, I thought, that's amazing. I thought that fitted fitted the character really well. It's sort of right, right, in the middle so of so gravelly. <laughs> it's so gravelly and deep and amazing. Fantastic. He's just, and he's got one of wrestling's great pot bellies. Yeah, his but lovely like that little kind of round that, pot belly. That, <laughs> but that kind of like um, that kind of like if you just didn't eat quite no, it's one of those, it's one of those bellies where you're like. If you didn't eat quite so much, there'll be abs there. Like, because obviously you work out all the time, but there's just they're, they're they're screaming to get out. It's the sort of belly as well that I bet if you if you like touched it really gently, you go, oh, it looks it looks really <laughs> tight, yeah, yeah tight. like a drum. Oh, oh don't, oh like no, a space hopper. <laughs> he's, he's against Greg Valentine, and Greg Valentine, I've got a grudging respect for because Greg Valentine managed to go from here. He was still in the WWE in about '92. Okay, it's right. a long career. Yeah. And he does that by having, he had not one ounce of ability when it came to talking. Right. He is, he is really tough in the ring. He's, he's, de- he's the son of a guy called Johnny Valentine, notoriously sort of tough. Mm. And he's exactly the same. He's right. like a big Lego man. He's sort of really <laughs> solid and thick. But he just, he just couldn't do the gimmicks. And so they gave him a gimmick where they called him Greg the Hammer Valentine and he had a picture of a hammer on his boot. And that was it. <laughs> he just couldn't work with could, anything more. That's all he could handle. Yeah, he's he's still he's going. Trying to give him a sock puppet. <laughs> <laughs> he looks he looks really really. I, I I saw him once, and he's gone really tanned, and he just looks like he looks like a tree. Yeah, he looks like a tree <laughs> in a suit. But that's a confusing thing about wrestling. That you know, Andre has a build height was seven foot four, wasn't yeah. it? Um, but no one's ever sure like how tall everyone is, and we'll get on uh, Andre, I'm sure. But like, mm. it's always confusing how big everyone is because I presume the re- the um, the referees are quite short. I, I yeah, imagine that's a thing. Yes, it is. It is. I, I mean, I mean, uh, the build heights are all sort of slightly different. What's mm. funny is the ones who you sort of go, they're an ordinary bloke mm. in the WWE. They are always three times bigger than you think they are. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, the yeah, exactly, really yeah. big ones, you know, you, you lose you lose your ability to work out how tall someone is, like, past six, eight. Well, exactly, because, I mean, um, I think Andre had um, seven, four. Um, one of the wrestlers uh, I think I saw and, and you, you saw were Greg Carly. Mm. Um, like he's billed as being shorter than Andre, but I think he might actually be taller, you know, because he cause... there is there are some there are some photographs of, um, of of some of the wrestlers with some basketball players, and basketball players obviously their heights mm. are a matter of, of record. You know, yeah. there's no there's no point in sort of trying to make them seem bigger than well, they, they are. Well, I think Andre's um, manager basically said never stand next, never get a picture taken with yeah. uh, with a basketball player. Because, yes, because yeah. there are people taller. Than yeah, you. there are a couple of sort of. I think you know, there, there's the, there's probably one of Hulk Hogan where Hulk Hogan's built at six eight, and there he is standing next to someone who is six three, mm. and he's sort of you know just an inch. Well, uh, I think he's about six six five, something yeah. like that. But you know, again, still it's gigantic all, for still that huge. for that size. You what know what I mean? Lie. <laughs> You know, if someone's You're still bigger than you know, ninety yeah. percent of the population. Andre's seven foot. You go, he's seven four. You go, well. <laughs> I mean, it's so much of a muchness. I don't know. Not gonna, I'm not going to. Still not going to get him in a bag. <laughs> you know, astonishing. Um, match six is the tag team match for the championship, which is between Mike Rotondo and Barry Windham, the That's US right, yes. Express, and the Iron Sheik. And Nikolai Volkov. Well, I thought that Jimmy Hart was going to come back because he was in. Two, he's only been in two matches. I thought he's on double bubble. He'll probably turn up later on, but he never did, which no. is annoying, which is very upsetting. So, so this match, uh, um, yeah. So it's Iron Sheik, the, the, the sweatiest man ever. Yep. Um, but Nikolai Volkov. So he kept his gimmick. Iron Sheik kept his gimmick right throughout. Presumably, yeah. he yep. never, he never, never dropped it. Because he's mean, the guy who uh, on Twitter uh, he just he's very rude, very abusive, very abusive. <laughs> But surprisingly abusive. Yeah. Like, he's quite funny with it, but a lot of capital letters, 
a lot of capital letters. He doesn't seem to. Is I guess I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe English is, isn't his first language. But you sort of go, wow, that's. Something yeah. in it. Have you ever seen? I, I mean, I think there's a certain Have you ever seen of... the '79 Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> They're all like that. You, someone was telling me the other day. They said, "Oh yeah, he's got really big divots in his head because when he was working as a special bodyguard for the Shah of Iran, if you let the Shah down, they used to just smash an ice pick into your head to teach you a lesson." Right. And I was like, "Where did you hear this?" And he's like, "I think I read it in a comic." I was like, right, <laughs> "This is this is this is not true." Oh, was it cutting? <laughs> was it just cutting his own with a razor blade? He, he is good. He he's he's like he he, he always sort of over embellished. What he, he like, oh, I, I, I represented Iran in the Olympics in wrestling. Well, that's what I yeah quite, that was it, that was know. in the commentary. Did he? He, he was, was an he, amateur wrestler, and you right. know, well, he, he's in really good for a man who looks like somebody out of Street Fighter, like the big you know the big Tash and the, and the ball heads. Yeah, like he looked good. Like he was quick as well. It and, seemed, and, like. and and he needed to be good because you think like 1984 and five, you've got. Uh, Iran yes, and, exactly. and the US Khamenei, essentially yeah, yeah. you know going to war yeah. he is you know going in New York he is standing up there and spitting on the you know the stars and stripes waving <laughs> the Iranian maybe he didn't spit on the stars and stripes but he would wave he the would Iranian thing and he's got Iran on his trousers yeah, yeah. America uh, you know Iran number one was his big thing <laughs> that that is the sort of thing you know until you get to the, the period where Wrestlemania comes along Wrestlers were getting stabbed left, right, and centre. Really, you know, right. you'd get batteries wanged at you. You know, every time you were there, and you can't see where they come from because it's dark. There were so many stabbings of wrestlers. You know, from the sort of the seventies through to the early eighties. What getting the, in on the kind of like the 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 the, the character of it, or just kind yeah, of yeah, they, right. they were bad guys, and you know, good bad guy people again not realizing you know the the, the, the what we do now it being clearly a sort of sports spectacle. They would they would routinely be sort of you know gutted. Right, okay. People who are still around today who have you know scars, not not wrestling, but people you know like a Blackjack Mulligan who is a, a sort of a Hall of Famer. He has a huge great gash that goes from his neck to his belly from where someone just opened him up. Jesus. You know, so the Iron Sheik is doing something where he is the if you if if Hogan is the American hero. Iron Sheik is the, is the opposite side of that, and he had to be tough because Jesus Christ, they would have cut his head off if they could get him into the crowd. <laughs> he's just great. amazing. Yeah. He's teamed up with a guy called Nikolai Volkov, and Nikolai Volkov is playing a Russian. So again, you know, height of the Cold War. Yeah. This is a really sort of dangerous job for them. <laughs> it's such a weird job. Yeah, I think if I'm right, Nikolai Volkov is—he's definitely not Russian. Hmm. I think he might have been something like Lithuanian. But his he'd really suffered under Soviet occupation, or his family had. So, so he actually hated actually the Russians. Quite hard. Right, okay. So I think he sort of liked it, going, they hate me, because I ate the Russians I too, the Russians. so I'm, I'm good at this. <laughs> oh, that's, in, that's an interesting take on it, rather than sort of like going, I'm yeah. probably Russian. Yeah, yeah and okay, now, right. of course, he still, whenever you see him, he still does conference, you know, uh, what they call autograph convention mm. things. And he's always wearing his Russian hat and his <laughs> Russian thing. So there is something sort of brilliant about the fact that his life has become this gimmick that was everything that he hated. It's sort of amazing. <laughs> he has got no neck. Oh, <laughs> has, no. He, uh, that man has no neck. That man uh, has no neck. <laughs> he, is, he is a bad-looking man. <laughs> he's, also, he's also a lousy wrestler. Yeah, it, it, well, I think he makes the shake look good. Uh, so I, that's what I will say. Yeah, he's, he, was, <laughs> he was around in the... In, I think he starts in the 60s. I mean, he's old by that point. Right, okay. Again, he manages to make it through to about 92. That's um, so against weird, isn't it? Against all the odds. Astonishing. Uh, and uh, they're going up against the US Express, Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo. Mm. Um, Mike Rotundo is later repackaged as IRS, the... Uh uh, what, the tax Erwin R. Scheister, yeah, <laughs> which was a character that came along because Vince McMahon was having problems with the, the IRS. IRS. Lovely. Genius. Didn't just look around your office, I think. <laughs> and uh, there's a weird thing, just uh, again, from a modern point of view. Um, Mike Rotondo is the father of two superstars uh, who are around at the moment. Right. Who are Bray Wyatt and Bo Rotondo. 
Okay. And Bray Wyatt's real name is Wyndham Rotundo. Wyndham Rotundo. Because the sounds partner, like a, Barry like a... Wyndham, is Mike Rotundo's best mate. Oh, that is so weird. And it would be like, if they'd done it on the other side, <laughs> it would be like, have a go, here's my daughter, the Iron Volkov. <laughs> Which is much better. That is so strange. Like, it... The the what the the Wyndham Rotundan Rotunda Wyndham Rotunda Americans Rotunda. They, they don't give a flying fig for <laughs> proper names do they No they really don't They just make it up as they go they along sound like, It sounds like Hammersmith Gyratory <laughs> Sound right Very strange um, Yeah enjoyed that and enjoyed uh, being incredibly sweaty <laughs> Never seen such sweat on a man ever uh, Match seven is Andre the Giant versus Big John Studd Big John Studd Big John Studd I mean. First of all, I wondered why Andre the Giant didn't get the interview at the start. <laughs> By the end, I realised why. Mm. He's not great on the old mic, rocking that mic. Big men have big problems. <laughs> what I would say is that if you're going to, you know, make him speak on the camera, don't cut him off halfway through when he goes, and I'll tell you for something, he tells the camera and goes, and I'll tell you what, and he just cuts. And, and they go, oh, we're on to the next match. Yeah, the absolutely. main event, incredible. Forget, forget you saw that, everyone. <laughs> I, I'm still surprised that they put, like, it goes up on the WWE Network and they have DVDs and stuff, and then no one sort of went, you know what? We've cut out Easy Lover as a theme tune. <laughs> cut out that terrible interview <laughs> yeah. with Andre that goes nowhere. Re-edit it. Yeah. Re-edit it. Oh, that'd be disrespectful. Didn't it's they... important that everyone sees Andre looking like an absolute tool. Didn't they colour in Chris Benoit? Like, didn't they kind of just colour him in in all of like the previous things? They don't just, say that. We don't know that name. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, they, they managed to kind of wipe stuff from history so well. You know, yeah. Hulk Hogan can never be seen again like, yeah. in the, in recently. Yeah. Um, so... Like, <laughs> what I would say, it's like, just tidy up the cuts or something. Yeah. I mean, bearing in mind, like, I'm watching this. for the, This is the first bit of wrestling I've watched <laughs> on the WWE Network, which yeah. is a fantastic product from what I can see. Yeah. But no one's, no one, I mean... <laughs> no one's stopping me. No, no one's, one's going, you know what? Let's not watch this now, Pete. <laughs> Pete, if you really want to watch it, watch it after you've seen, you know, SummerSlam or something. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. I, just watch something else. My favourite thing about the Andrew thing is, you, you know, you're not in charge of putting together the WWE's <laughs> product that represents them. And yet... <laughs> Even you have gone, do you know what? I would have cut that bit. Whoever's in charge of this has done none of that. And and shame on them. Shame on them for making Andre look stupid. I know. He He's doesn't deserve that. Big, do you know what? skinny-legged monster. Do you know what? Every time I see Andre in any circumstance, I, it melts my heart. I find him. I find him so... Delightful. Him walking into the ring with a smile oh, is the most infectious, he, lovely he's thing. He's surprised by the response. I know. He comes out and he's like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> oh. I mean, he, I mean, as a wrestler, I mean, he can't do anything because he's just gigantic he's, and, and, and fucked. Uh, but, but, you know, it's his 85. He went on for a bit longer than that. He did, yeah. Incredible. I, I saw him in 91. Yeah. I mean, what I would say is... He wasn't, he, he wasn't smiling on his way to the ring then, I'll tell you. <laughs> I tell you what, he was in better shape than that oh. fucking shitty sports bag they brought out with the money. <laughs> what was that about? It's so small. Why? Well, the bag's so small. It's one of the. It's the sports bag the kids who had no money <laughs> had at school. Yeah, like that kind of wafer thin. It's, they're clearly something they were selling. One of those. Are but, they called tube bags? Yeah, it's like one of those. One, Everyone it, had one when they went swimming. Exactly did, that, and, different and you, colour and the white handles. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but this is particularly a, a particularly egregious example of the farm because it's that thin, kind oh. of vinyl-y, kind of woven vinyl. Yeah, like it's really bending, really thin, just <laughs> so thin, like like 
like a like silk handkerchief. Oh, I can't. Oh. Google it. Get on the network. Watch it because it is the crappest bag I've ever. But it's full of not like not like so it's sixteen grand. So, fifteen so, grand. So fifteen grand. Fifteen grand. Uh, if uh, they manage to, um, if Andre doesn't manage to pin, uh, who's the other guy? Body fighting? slam. Big John Stud. Big John Stud. If he doesn't manage to um, uh, pin him, uh, Andre has to retire. Yeah. If he does, he wins um, £15,000. $15,000. And the dollars are all balled up like like Big John Studd's been stripping. And that's what he's collected <laughs> at the end of it, yeah. the back. I genuinely didn't like Big John Studd when I first started watching wrestling because I thought his name sounded dirty. And I was like, I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> pervert. I didn't like it. That big pervert. There's, oh, I tell you what's funny about that bag as well. It's a, it's, it's a small bag. So you go... Fifteen thousand pounds. That's a, that's a lot of money. And then you see it in that little bag, and you go, "Hmm, it's not, it's not very much at all." And then you give that like much too small bag to a giant, <laughs> and it looks like he's holding a fucking purse. It's so depressing. There's my favourite bit in that is Andre. He, he has a bigger bag for his medicine. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> he, um, he really should have spent that money on more medicine, shouldn't he? That my favourite bit about that is when Andre does slam him and he gets the the thing, and they go, "Do you know what they'll do?" Is Andre will throw the money out yeah. to the crowd. And Andre gets one handful away, and then they're like, yeah, but, I mean, obviously we're not going to throw the money out. <laughs> so they send Bobby the Brain Heenan, the manager, to grab the bag and run away. <laughs> Bobby the Brain Heenan is about 5'8". And you've just had Andre the Giant, you're the greatest wrestler in the world, and basically a pensioner grabs the bag off him, and Andre's like, oh, I can't get it back. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> headbutt him or something. Crush his Where, head. Where's my money? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Oh. No, like I reckon, none of us saw that amount of money. No, funnily enough, all the ex-wives. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Andre, I think did see that amount of money. Right, okay. He didn't see the uh, the child who he had out in. in uh, anyway, that's a, that's a story you can read online. That's absolutely fucking heartbreaking. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Did, uh, was it like a child out of wedlock or something? I don't he know, had yeah. a child. Uh, I, th- I think with a sort of uh, uh, essentially a sort of one night stand, but um, he refused to uh, to, to, oh, okay. to connect with her. I think in a meaningful way. Oh, I might be a little bit wrong about that. There's a really good. Um, I would like to see this woman. What she yeah, looks like? Yes. Is she normal? Yes, she's disappointingly guess... not like Andre. <laughs> that would be a hilarious thing, that Andre going, well, is the baby mine? <laughs> going, well, I'll tell you what, mate, it's seven fucking six. <laughs> and you pay for this vaginal reconstruction, you cunt. <laughs> uh, a fitting like tribute <laughs> to one of wrestling's greats. <laughs> one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Yeah, so the bag. <laughs> um, what I would say is John Studd, like... Is pretty much Andre's height. Yeah. I know Andre stoops a lot because yeah. he's obviously to die. And John John <laughs> Stubb was always billed as being six eleven. Yeah, I uh, yeah. So I wreck yeah. You know, and I think I think that's probably an exaggeration as well. He's he's one of those guys weirdly who uh, everybody has a good word to say about. He's one of the okay. people they just really really liked. But he looked like a, a righty wrestler who'd worked out. You know, he yeah. kind of worked. He actually it, you know he know looked I mean? like a British wrestler. He had that sort of right. bomber Pat Roach okay. look, and he, he looked just, like he worked hard. Yeah, that's all you can, honestly, that's I think that's sometimes all you can ask. Really, just look, if you look good, yeah, fine. yeah. He, he was a big lad. He was mm. a huge lad. Uh, and yeah, it, the, the funny thing is that's actually one of the few matches on this WrestleMania that people actually wanted to see. They wanted to see Andre versus Big John Studd. Ah, okay. All of the other matches are a bit of a hodgepodge. So you get a tag team match. Whereas probably what they wanted was Mr. T versus Roddy Piper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you can't do that for various reasons. Uh, they want Moolah versus Wendy Richter. Well, they, they, they fudge that up. And so there's loads of matches that you'd sort of go, oh, I, I was hoping for something else. Right. But that's the one match that you go, that's actually the match that people would have wanted at the time. Okay. Delivered. It was good. I enjoyed it. Match number eight is um, WWF Women's Champion Lilani Kai. Yes. Versus Wendy Richter. Covered in straw, Kai. Wasn't she? What's that about? Yeah. Was she like a country girl or something? Uh, I, 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 or a straw woman? They slightly have a thing of... of <laughs> Lilani Kai is the odd person out in this. It's This is the Cindy, uh, Cindy Lauper uh, rock and wrestling connection. Yes, okay, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cindy Lauper is, is, before she's that famous, she's flying first class on a plane and she's sat next to Captain Lou Albano. Right, yeah, yeah, who was later in... Uh, he now saw I didn't recognise it as him I know him from I know where you know him from the video the music video of Girls Just Wanna Have Fun I think you know him from somewhere else and Goonies no no I think you know him from Super Mario Brothers Super Show he played Mario. Oh, he was, he in was the, the cartoon voice of Mario. Yeah, everyone hates that. <laughs> He's the live-action one where he appears and he like links the cartoons together. Oh, does he? Right, so, so he real. plays I, like a Super Mario. Oh, he right, is I know, Mario. I saw him. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I don't. I can't remember, but I think he still got those horrible safety pin with the elastic bands hanging right. off it on so, his cheek. <laughs> so that. So when I saw this. 
Um, speaking about special delivery guy earlier on, yeah. I thought that was a connection somehow because Postman always have rubber bands on him. I thought <laughs> that was going to be explained <laughs> why this man has rubber bands on his cheek. Yeah. What? Like, what, uh, how what, was that ever explained why he's got rubber bands on his cheek? Do you want to know the real answer? Yeah. Nobody has a fucking clue. <laughs> And just on one cheek. People two have of them, always two of them in his ear, two of them on his cheek. It's so disgusting. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's so revolting because uh, it's piercings? so cheap. Does he have piercings there? Like usually? Uh, 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 no, I think he's just. I think it is just. This is like predates piercing. He again is a wrestler who starts in the sixties. Good. By this God. time, he's quite old. Yeah. He's just got a safety pin with elastic bands on it. Bloody he's hell! He's sitting in first class. On a plane. In ex- can you tell them rubber bands off, mate? <laughs> can you imagine? You'd be like, Jesus Christ, I fly a first class once and look at this monster. He's, entangled in, he's entangled in the remote control. Yeah, he sits there with Cindy Lauper. And Cindy right. Lauper at this point is, is beginning to sort of, you know, make a name for herself mm. in various ways. And he's sitting with her and he begins chatting with her. She's like, you know, you're sort of interesting. And they have a really good time on the plane together. And she comes home and she goes, I've met a great guy on mm. the plane. He's a, a wrestler. Mm. They get him in to do their goals. I wanted girls. to keep the in-flight magazine, but I needed it rolled up. Oh, the way I could help you. you know, um, uh, they, they end up getting him for the girls just want to have fun video. She, yes, because he, he plays, plays the dad, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Cindy Lauper's uh, boyfriend is also a manager at the time, called David Wolfe. Mm. And he goes... Because he rocks up at the end of this match inexplicably in the ring. And weirdly, he's slightly responsible for WrestleMania happening. So they, they get together and they're, they're like, do you know what? You need a bit of publicity, Cindy. Mm. Um, what would be good is this wrestling thing seems quite big. Yeah, wrestling is suddenly getting a bit hip and a bit sort of downtown New York. There's uh, a sort of a vibe where where Cindy Lauper is doing a I'm very hip, I'm very kooky, and they sort of go that doesn't seem like a bad match. Mm. They basically go to see MTV. They've begun playing like girls just want to have fun a lot, and they say to MTV, "Do you want to do something with wrestling and Cindy Lauper? Cindy would be a manager, Captain Lou on the other side, mm. and we could then build to something." MTV go, "Yeah, this would be great." So they put on a couple of specials. Mm. There's one called the War to Settle the Score. So were these because of wrestling matches? And these are specials. On, uh, specials. These are specials. Right. You have got Cindy Lauper in them. One of them, Andy Warhol turns up, <laughs> and the best thing is Andy Warhol is leaving through the dressing room when they're doing an interview with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and they stop Hulk Hogan, and they just interview Andy Warhol. <laughs> so weird. I've got a clip of it to play now. I'm, I'm wondering if I could get a man in, if I, if I could get a man in with a, a, little, a little lower profile. Ladies and gentlemen, certainly a man who needs no introduction anywhere, of course, uh, in the greater New York area and certainly around the country watching at this point in time. Uh, we saw you earlier, Andy Warhol, your impressions of what took place earlier on here. Uh, speechless. Well, you've got to be. I mean, so many. I mean, I saw jaws drop to the to the floor. Uh, it's just so exciting. I just don't know what to say. Have you have you ever seen such total bedlam and pandemonium in your entire life? Never. Your impressions of the rock and wrestling connection. Oh, don't don't you think that they got together tonight here and band together and stood on firm ground? It's the best I've ever seen in my whole life. Most exciting thing. Well, I'll tell you what, I thank you very much. Uh, Andy Warhol, I thank, I thank you very much for joining us. Good luck. And one of the greatest wrestling fans, always a pleasure seeing you here at Madison Square Garden. Good luck to you. I thank you. 
I'm, obs- I'm absolutely obsessed when you say stuff that isn't true about people, but they can't do it. So he goes, thank you very much, Andy Warhol, one of the biggest wrestling fans that there's ever been. And Andy Warhol has to just take that on the chin. I, uh, um, well, it was a good I, spot. It was a good spot. Yeah. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. So it gets, it suddenly gets really hip. They have these big sellout specials on MTV. <laughs> MTV get their biggest record ratings, and this is a time when MTV is... Huge, yeah. properly huge. Um, I mean, we, we, you know, we, we, a year after or two years after um, Girls One Out of Fun, eighty five. Like mm. it's, it, yeah. she's about as big as she's. Yeah, you know, she, she's she's doing, she's, yeah. she's won uh, the Grammy. She takes mm. Hulk Hogan as a date to the eighty five <laughs> Grammys, where she wins Best Newcomer. By the time WrestleMania comes around, she sold something like six million records. Mm. So she's actually doing fine on, on by herself. Mm. But she she keeps on going. So she does do this managing thing. And this David Wolf, who's who's the the, the boyfriend and manager, mm. he's driving all this. Without them there wouldn't have been a WrestleMania. Is that right? It's just, ah. it was the stuff on MTV really made them think, gosh, this is good. They had a date already booked yeah. uh, and they decided, you know, the time was right to put on the Colossal Tussle. <laughs> <laughs> colossal Tussle one. Fantastic. Because he sort of gets in the, on, onto the, um, into the ring at, at, at the end, yeah. basically, because he just loves wrestling. It's yes, like, he does. There's a really rest. funny thing in one of the MTV specials um, where he, uh, it's the first time he's doing a thing with Roddy Piper in the ring. Roddy Piper's right. interviewing him and Lou Albano. And Roddy Piper grabs David Wolf and puts him in an airplane spin mm. and then he drops him and it hurts him and it's so at that point where everyone is is it real is it fake that as he picks up David Wolf Roddy Piper a policeman runs into the ring and he's just <laughs> about to sort of stop him doing it and you can see everyone going this is not good this is not good but David Wolf again he brought that hip crowd to wrestling and suddenly mm. wrestling became huge the, 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 the difference is you, I, I, I can't remember how many people are at WrestleMania. I don't mm. know how many it is. It's whatever Madison Square Garden was yeah. in, in the layout. But a million people got this on closed circuit TV right. across America. And that had never happened before. Mm. And it's solely down to the fact that it became the hit, new, sort of exciting thing. Mm. You know, it was hip. It was, you know, you couldn't miss it. Um, but of course, a lot of that as well is to then do with Mr. T who comes in. Yeah, well, that's the main event, I guess, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T with Jimmy Superfly Snooker versus Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff with Ace Bob Orton. Um, I mean, there's a lot of narrative here and there's a lot of stories. Oh, a, lot of, just... a lot of stories, isn't there? Do you know what I found the strangest thing about this, watching it back, which i never noticed before? Nobody cares about Muhammad Ali being there. Yeah, well, I, I mean, he was... It, it's a weird time for everyone. Again, like major things happen for these every single person in this ring pretty much in in that decade effectively yeah, you know yeah. it's not a we'll come on to but like Liberace two months later gets diagnosed with HIV really he gets accused of um, infecting another another man with uh, with HIV uh-huh. which is fascinating like a little later on you sort of go I mean that would have already happened. So like that's yeah. weird. Uh, there, there's something weird that I was gonna I was gonna get onto with this, which is I was reading Hulk Hogan's autobiography, right? Because I wanted to see what he said about WrestleMania. I want to know. What he he basically said I was really, you know, he, he, he's not reliable. He's not reliable. Right. Okay. Liberace is the guest timekeeper there. I mean that was mad. Like yeah, strange so, booking. Le- <laughs> was he a big dick? Like, was he... I couldn't... Because he's only ever been, like, Liberace as a euphemism for, like, a, a closeted gay yeah. man. It's kind of, for us, I don't know. I, I don't know whether he was a big uh, we deal. We didn't but... really take to him in this country so no. much, I don't think. But he did seem like a big name. He was I like mean... the Manilow kind of character, isn't he? Yeah. He's kind of, like, a yeah. bit more bombastic, more of a flamboyant. Hogan's there. autobiography, with you, with you putting the HIV time frame into it, Hogan's autobiography, he, he writes about meeting Liberace, right? Mm. I remember Liberace being very gracious, very easy to please. The only thing... That 
that threw me off a little was when he asked if he could hang his robes and stuff in my dressing room. Of course, I had to say yes. My biggest fear was I thought he was actually going to get dressed in there. I didn't know at the time if he had AIDS or anything like that, but I was a little leery of his persona and all the white pancake makeup he wore, but I didn't want to be rude, so I let him hang all this stuff in my dressing room. Hulk Hogan didn't want to get AIDS or anything like that. Jesus Christ. I mean, I'll tell you what, though. Who left that in his autobiography? <laughs> Who didn't go through and go, do you know what, Terry, that makes you sound like such a bellend. <laughs> Just lose that bit where you go, Liberace. <laughs> I, I was worried about getting AIDS off Liberace, you know. I mean, uh, this I mean, this wasn't written, I mean, this wasn't written, like, this wasn't written during the time that, you know. This people, was written about five years ago. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. we know that it's not, you know, AIDS and HIV is not uh, transmitted and, through the air. And also, he's basically misremembering. Because <laughs> Liberace didn't have HIV and Liberace I don't think you know I think yeah, everyone did, knew yeah, his yeah. sexual orientation but at the same time Liberace wouldn't have even known that he had HIV no, so, 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 no. just him, so basically that's Hulk Hogan admitting that he's yeah. yeah well exactly he'd go actually what happened of course just didn't want him in there because I thought he was a fruit <laughs> you know and now he's going do you know what will make it sound more, more like you know less less harsh is if I say I was worried about getting AIDS off him <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh, so Hulk, awful Hulk Hogan tears off Mr T's uh, t-shirt which I thought was incredibly yeah. Yes. Wonderful and exciting. Yeah. Like, oh, that was good. Mr. T is the thing that I think everyone, uh, he was not easy to work with, apparently. Is that right? Yes. Well, I mean, he, was he a big star by then? He or was he like was, a gigantic star? I think he was probably the most recognisable star in America at that point. He's um, he's fascinating. I, I, I didn't really know anything about him, so mm. I had a look about it. Yeah. Um, he's uh, he, he, he basically starts off as a bouncer, just in a club. Mm. And he's got a thing where if he has to kick someone out or have a fight, Quite often they'd lose a bit of jewellery in the right, in the okay. fracas. So he started wearing collecting all the collecting. Yeah, so it. that was the and it was basically if you got thrown out of the bar, you were never allowed back in. But quite often people would come back the next day and go, oh, "Sorry, I got thrown out of here, but I've lost my necklace." And Mister T would go, "All right, which one is it?" And he'd go through it, and that's how he began building up his. So he's like lost property. Yeah, he's like a walking <laughs> lost property. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's got these these, these huge huge god chains, and he's and he's noticeable. He then moves into becoming like a bodyguard. Yeah, and then he starts working for celebrities, um, and he's just sort of very noticeable. He then takes part in a thing, which was on I think CBS. It was 1980. It was a series called America's Toughest Bouncer. <laughs> That's like the sort of thing you'd see now. I would watch the fuck out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Swindon's Toughest Bouncer. Fantastic. Just like I, th- I think it was like superstars where they were just like running and sprinting, and you know I shouldn't imagine many of Swindon's bouncers can why, run and sprint, but uh, you know why? Bou- I mean, why would bouncers need? Uh, shy? Wow. Bouncers back in the eighties were seen as being quite a cool job. Right. Okay. That was glamorous. You know, <laughs> being a bouncer. Let me check your ID. <laughs> Fool! <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> there are some things that back in the eighties they did trick you. They yeah. sort of went, "This <laughs> yeah. is this would be a great job." Cocaine, yeah, cocaine, cocaine bouncers, being a bin man. <laughs> That's what we all wanted to do. Be a bin man. Oh, Never wow. happened. Um, in 1984, he he sort of like he really is flying. Mm. So he's doing things like these weird uh, vi- rap videos where he's just telling kids, you know, not to give in to peer is pressure. This, is and... this pre-A-Team? Because I only remember from the A-Team. Yeah, A-Team. So basically he goes, America's toughest bouncer. <laughs> he then gets Rocky Three, right? 1982. Okay. Yeah. The other person who's ah. in Rocky Three is Hulk Hogan, who plays Thunderlips, yeah. the wrestler at the start, and then Mr. T's Clubber Lang. So they've got this sort of connection anyway in popular culture. By the time he's done Rocky Three, the A-Team starts, and he is 
huge. Mm. I mean, so recognisable. He's at the White House doing the sort of, you know, just say no stuff. I mean, he really is massive. When Vince McMahon's putting WrestleMania together, he knows he needs someone huge to be in the main event to mm. get the people to buy it on closed-circuit television. You don't get a million people because of Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper. You got them all because of Mr. T. Right. He was, he was absolutely key to his success. They put him in the Hall of Fame a few years ago, sort of recognising, you know... The, the importance. The, that, and he, yeah, and he okay. was hugely important. He just gave a really, really long speech about his mum. Just <laughs> uh, honour your mum. And it was a really weird thing, and it's only when I went back through this, I found that quite a lot of his rap videos are about his mum. Yes, yeah. Uh, treat your mother right, brackets, treat her right. <laughs> you couldn't be more than five. You're so fat, they have to jack you up to take off your shoes. Ooh. Yeah, well, you're so skinny, your eyes are in single file. Well, you're so ugly, your ears stick out to get away from your face. Well, your mama is oh, so... Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't bring anyone mother into this. She ain't here. <laughs> if it wasn't for your mother, you wouldn't be here. So remember, when you put down one mother, you put down mothers all over the world. <laughs> Whoa. It's a bit talk talk, this, isn't it? It is. Treat her right. Treat your mother yes, right. Yes, I have heard this one. Unbelievably, it's barely rap, isn't it? Really? Like, it is. Do you know the funniest thing about that video is all of the raps are written by Ice T. Is that right? The real Ice T. It's funny that they've got the same surname. <laughs> T is for the time that she stayed up. Oh, he's doing spelling, spelling rap. When I wasn't feeling right, H is for the hard-earned money she spent to keep clothes on my back and try to pay the rent. I mean, he may as well be talking to possibly an absentee father. Oh. Like, I can't just treat mum right, please. It's so bizarre. The last letter arms that you taught me respect. And for the room up in heaven that I know she'll get. Mother, there is no other. It's the mother. Mother. <laughs> so treat her right. The other thing is, those kids. Mother. The kids at the start are really like dissing each other, and he's like, "I'm fine with this. I am fine." She I'm goes, fine "You're fat." And they go, "That's fine. Fine. You're thin. Oh, yeah, that's fine. You're ugly. That's fine. Your mother is a right fucking stop." There's a there's a uh, there's a Key and Peel uh, sketch where there's some kids. They start off and they're like smoking drugs and stuff. <laughs> they go, oh, "I want some drugs," and then uh, and then uh, and then they move on to take the mick out of each other's hair, and then that's the only point that Mr. T interjects. He goes, "Listen." <laughs> Don't be fooling around with tainted milk out of someone's hair. You can't help it. Um, but like, so they're doing all these times. Should we have unprotected sex? Yeah, let's do that. And then they're looking around, waiting for Mr. T to turn, and he never turns up. But as soon as they do something about like his hair or something, I call someone ugly. I go, oh, "Don't call somebody ugly." <coughs> it's quite minimalist, isn't it? Jeez, I mean, it's not, not actually surprised. bad. It's not that little. Uh, Right. Mother, I always love her. My mother. So treat her right, treat her right. Oh, I like this. It's good, man. Be somebody. 
<laughs> yeah, the ending just drops off the cliff. An, an ode to the 808 yeah. sequence of there. I, I, I did have a look and see what he's up to now. Mother. And it's, it's gone a bit quiet. Um, it has, but you'd think... I mean, he did his Snickers. He was in Snickers for he a did. bit, he? He had a BBC great. 3 series for a while, didn't did he? he? Yeah, something where it's clips. And it's, oh, he d- yes. Look at these damn like, fools. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was just him reading the article. He looked good, though. He still looks great. He, he hasn't changed a bit, yeah. which is mad. Great, Nick. Uh, in 2008, he uh, did have... He, on, he went on shopping TV and he tried to sell the Mr. T Flavor Wave oven. <laughs> But I've been unable to find any pictures Tell of it. Tell me that was post uh, lean, mean, fat grilling machine. He's oh. getting in on the... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Hulk Hogan in his book also mentions that he was originally offered the George Foreman uh, lean grilling right? machine. But unfortunately, he said he was out. So they didn't leave a message. How the fuck How do did you he know, know about Come it on. How yeah. did you know? Ridiculous Absolute nonsense. Uh, and in 2009, uh, the Mr. T graphic novel was going to be adapted into a series of video games. Um, where Mr. T would battle the Nazis. Oh, I'd play that. <laughs> Five stars, Edge. <laughs> Mr. T, uh, the Nazis would hate Mr. T. <laughs> yeah, absolutely hate him. Um, anyway, what happens is they bring him in, huge star. He's not ready for it. He's terrified by it. Right. They start training and he's going, actually, these guys are huge. He's really noticeably small compared well, to everyone he, else. He's, he's, he's built, he's packed in, but he, he, is, is. he is smaller. God, yeah. Great ass on him. Oh, oh my days. I tell you ass. what, it's also those red leggings. Yeah. I can't work out what they're made of, but I really want a pair. <laughs> hope. Oh. They're, hope. <laughs> they're made of dreams. They're made of mama's tears. Cheater <laughs> um, <laughs> right. right. Basically, he, 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 as it gets closer and closer, tea starts going to bits. And right. Hulk Hogan sort of will find he's not turned up and he'll go out and he'll go into a park and Mr. T will be sitting there with a, with a wino just going, you know, it's awful, it's all just terrible. And they keep having to bring him back. And the reason he's also nervous is Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff, who are the guys on the other side, they hate him. And they hate him because oh, they're, they're like, you're not a proper wrestler right, so and yet you're in the main event. Uh, are they, so, uh, but do they not understand the biggest, bigger picture? I understand their anger mm. at, you know, a rank amateur sub. Was he billed as being... A wrestler. I thought it was just like oh, he's, you know he's he, he like, was seen. in the same way that Ali was. Uh, Ali was. He like. was seen. If you'd have asked like an American in 1985, who is the toughest man on earth? They'd have said Mr. T. Okay, and right. So and they and had some that. of these guys are barroom brawler, kind of kick do, the shit, and they're about six mad? foot two. They had a big thing about going. You're fake. You're a fake hard man, guys. L- little fucking lesson. You're all fake hard men. <laughs> you know this is this is a crazy thing. And so they had this big right. thing about about. Yeah, that for he you, was just is, an actor. For you, this is just a good time. For me, this is what I call life. I'm, you know, you know, yeah. travelling the world. Exactly. You know. Where were you when we were yeah. doing this? You know, and you come in for your big payday. Yeah. And they had a slight thing as well, I think, of going, actually, you know, all the buys, he'll be able to claim that. And it, right. it would be us and we'd be all there. Yeah. What you notice in the match is how good Roddy Piper is. Yeah. How good he is with, with Mr. T. He's so good. Everything he does ma- ma- means something. Mm. And you get the impression as well, which is really good, that there's actually animosity between them all. It's a really rare thing. You just don't see it anymore. Right, okay. Where they actually seem to dislike each other, but they're all working together. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think it's actually, it's, it's well known as being quite a bad match. And everyone's like, oh, it's a really disappointing main event. I was watching it, I was thinking, it's actually sort of quite intense. I sort of quite enjoyed it. I was actually sort of surprised by well, it. Well, there was a lot of kind of like, because you know, Ali gets brought in and, you know, it's a year after he gets um, diagnosed with... Um, uh, Parkinson's, isn't it? Yeah, and he and th- so he gets led out of the, he gets taken out of the ring, and and, and obviously he pops back in. To, yeah, um, to, to, I, I, to I chase think... Ace out of the ring, and Ace, as I said earlier, on mouth motherfucker. Yeah, quite audibly. I think there was there was a, a sense of they, that he should have been the referee, Ali. 
and they would have had him as the referee yeah. had he not been sort of getting slightly. I think I think people were beginning to go. There's not something quite right yeah, yeah. about his. his he just seemed very quiet and very kind of sto- not stoic, but just yeah. very quiet. But also, I think what happened is because Mr. T's really nervous. The last thing you want is a referee who doesn't know what's going on with yeah. someone in the ring who doesn't know what's going on. So they put in Pat Patterson, and Pat Patterson, one of the great sort of creative minds, one of the great wrestlers in his day. Um, he uh, he's one of the openly gay wrestlers, um, oh, okay, right. and, and yet he's you know he is his his career is a really rare one. He's he's been at the side of Vince McMahon for years and years and years. He's the man who came up with the Royal Rumble, for example. Okay, right. And he's a sort of remarkable guy. And they put him in there because they know he's a safe pair of hands if everything goes wrong. And so Ali doesn't really quite have a role. And so they chuck him out and it's just mm. a sort of bit of an afterthought. And there's, yeah. by the time it gets to the end, there's too many people in the ring. Yeah, it just becomes a bit of a mess, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. And like Ronnie Piper, got, they, they, he leaves and then he gets caught. The referee tries to call him back. Yeah. And then Hulk calls him back. and It's a bit of a sort of mess. I'm blaming Liberace's glass bell he rings at the start. <laughs> I, did, I did notice that. Was that. so kind of like, oh, it's so homophobic. It's oh, just sort of like, isn't it oh, awful? he couldn't ring a proper bell. He's got to ring a daft little, uh, yeah. dirty little glass bell. And, and the commentators sort of go, oh, what's he doing? And it's really sort of like, again, guys, you know, it's like saying to Andy Warhol, he's the biggest wrestling fan. You can't turn around and go, oh, do you know what? You could have not done that. <laughs> no. didn't, didn't add to I it. Did, I did your bell and you were like, oh, look at this prick in his bell. <laughs> Cheers for that. I really appreciate what that. What I would say is like, because I, I, I never saw Hulk Hogan wrestle a lot. I just didn't, wasn't a wrestling when I was a kid. And, and I, I do feel like I missed out. But like, what I would say, just looking in and the American hero mm. music for, for, for um, Hulk, like, he... He looks very Swedish. Like he does. His kind of act—that's not an American look. No, the long blonde hair and handlebar moustache. Do not, I don't think it was ever a. Do you know what's even weird? They, they called him Hulk Hogan because they wanted him to appeal to the Irish people in New York. Really? That's where the Hogan oh, so is. It's like, so is that why bleaches hair ginger? Is that he, he doesn't? He thing? doesn't look. He doesn't look Irish. <laughs> he doesn't look American. He looks like a Viking. And yet, <laughs> no one's ever said, "Oh, you know what? He looks like a Viking." Let's make him yeah. a Viking character. Yeah, they're going to let's make him. Let's make him an Irish, but we never mentioned that. And then uh, American, <laughs> but even though everything doesn't look like it, and neither is his name. <laughs> <laughs> and he's had that forever. Yeah, till Hollywood. They used to pay Marvel Comics a a, 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 a thing every year. They a used to, have to pay for the Hulk for for the yeah the phrase. Uh, uh, he used to be called the Incredible Hulk Hogan, and that Incredible that right? Hulk they actually had to yeah pay for that year uh, after year after year. I think when you get any like Hulk Hogan merchandise, it does say TM, TM Marvel, Marvel Entertainment Corps. Yeah, ah, yeah, that is fascinating. Yes, that's, and that is the sort of and thing. That's that why. Is... That's why in the nineties, dear boy, I shouldn't do that voice. <laughs> <laughs> that's why in the nineties he changed his name to Hollywood Hogan. Is that he, right? He didn't want to pay the... Because uh... he then gets all of the money himself. Right, okay. He was on a very good deal by that point, yeah. Apart from Paul Hollywood, the great British <laughs> man. They, they actually met at WrestleMania 9. Did they? Yeah, and Paul Hollywood had his face smashed in, so it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the only thing, uh, worth mentioning as well, it's always worth doing this quick round-up, um, there, is, there is one murderer uh, on, the, uh, on the card, WrestleMania yeah. 1. Yeah, <laughs> there is, there is, and that man is... Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy the Superfly Jimmy, Snooker, Jimmy yeah. Snooker, who looks when he was interviewed afterwards. I I only seen him kind of like in later years. I don't remember. Yeah. I remember the, the big splash thing he did. Was Superfly splash, splash. Was that the big splash yeah. thing? Yeah. Uh, I remember that, but I don't remember his face that much. He looks no. a bit like the bloke who did the room. Yes, you know, does he? Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau, whatever his name is. He really does. He, really he really does. does look like that. It's quite funny. He actually, as he got older, he had a really nice face. Um, right. But uh, maybe maybe that was distance away from the murder he committed. <laughs> but at, at, at some points, he, he used to sort of play the sort of wild man. Um, right. Okay. In the early eighties, he is the big the big hero in WWE. Absolutely cannot you know you he would he was selling out 
before they have Hogan in. You know, 82, yeah, okay. he is huge, huge, mm. huge, huge. And he doesn't end up on WrestleMania because he's got, you know, he's the got possibility things, yeah. of, you And know, also, I, so was the court case, was it all still swirling around, I presume? Knowing it how, was, how 83, uh, his, his uh, then-girlfriend, who yes. was a woman called uh, Nancy Argentino, uh, he reported that he'd, he'd come back to the hotel room and she was she was dying. Mm. There was a, a liquid coming from her head, and he changed his story a number of times. Yeah, he um, said that she fell walking. That she was having a wee at the side of the road, and she she fell and hit her head in a rock. There mm. were other ones where he pushed her, and it, it, it was an inconsistent story. Mm. Um, the autopsy report came back, and they they did label it a homicide. Mm. Uh, there are lots of misty and unrepeatable stories about who knew what and what happened with the police. Mm. There's always been sort of a, 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 a... It's an unusual thing that he they didn't go ahead with a, a homicide investigation against him at the time. Yeah. It's unusual. It's not unheard of. These things happen. He'd certainly been done before uh, over domestic abuse, Not if not by the police. People around them knew that she he was, he was beating her up. Mm. Um, we cut forward a few years. Uh, her family sue him in a civil court and they win. Um, he owes them uh, half a million dollars in damages and he never pays it. He says he's skint. And he's basically in this funny limbo where he's been a huge star. Mm. And like at WrestleMania, they put him there, but they don't want him in the main event because there's the chance that three days before he could be arrested and then it would be terrible, terrible you know, yeah. publicity. I mean, it would just be wreck it. But they sort of want a nod to him being there. And this weird thing carries on. So just before his death last year, they have this this uh, reopening of the investigation. Mm. At, it's the not, longest trial. It was the longest kind of unsolved murder, I think. Or yes, it, it's, that got picked back up. I think that's right. And, and uh, it was it was the Argentino family had fought mm. for this for many many years, um, and basically they I, 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 they would have brought a case against Jimmy Snooker. Mm. It turned out that his mental faculties had had, had gone. Yeah. He, he basically he just was not fit to stand trial. There was some a little bit of kerfuffle at the time with people saying I think he actually wrestled a match. After that was done, he was certainly present at a wrestling yeah, event. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Which was a bit strange. But he then did, he did die very shortly afterwards. So clearly the medical advice was right. But I certainly think that, you know, that, that seemed like it was a, a murder case that was going to be opened. Mm. The WWE did a very strange thing. This is all part of the, the swirling of, of, of who did what, who said what, mm. what was done. I mean, I mean there, there is absolutely nothing on paper that you could have, you know, as far as we know, Vince McMahon had nothing to do with this. Mm. Uh, what was strange is that even today, in its very corporate environment, when Jimmy Snooker died, with this swirl around him of this case being reopened mm. and, and the idea, you know, I think it was it was accepted. Certainly, if a case had gone ahead, there was a good chance he would have been found guilty. Yeah. They still really celebrated him on WWE when he died, and it's which is weird. How in different circumstances, like the aforementioned Benoit, like yeah, they were more than happy to jettison with Hulk. They were more than happy to yeah, and, it, kind of and limit it does, his limit his effect effectively. It does seem a strange sort of um, Jimmy Jimmy Snooker was very important to the WWE, mm. but. So too is Chris Benoit. You, mm. you, 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 you don't celebrate the people, if you like, where there are people out there who your celebration will disgust and upset yes. them. And that was a conscious effort, which must have been against some sort of corporate uh, responsibility. You know, yeah. I think corporately you wouldn't do that. It was a strange sort of pointed mm. thing to do. Um, but 
here's Jimmy Snooker. He's got plenty of WrestleManias. Um, <laughs> still to come. <laughs> still to come. And we'll no doubt be bringing that up. And you'll notice that uh, Mark's a bit more candid uh, regarding this wrestler because he is dead. Yes, so Mark absolutely. Can be, Mark has a little bit more freedom. Oh, things. you wait. So, yeah. Actually, I could be free with a lot of the wrestlers because <laughs> as we go on, more and more of them die. <laughs> more and more of them die and also are, they're very poor now. So. Yeah. Are you looking forward to WrestleMania 2? No, not after that, to be honest. But no, I no, I did enjoy that. I enjoyed... Uh, but again, it's one of those things where I like the stories behind the stories and that is the most fascinating thing about it. There would have been men on that bill who you know didn't have two threepennies to, uh, yeah. to, to, to rub together, but they are wrestling in front of 70,000 people at Madison Square Garden. And they still managed to get away with a murder. <laughs> well, I tell you what, Pete, you're going to enjoy WrestleMania 2 because it's even fucking worse. <laughs> As long as the uh, the good lord is still with us, that's the main thing. Doing his uh, doing his pre-match, I'm up for it. Let's do it. Pam Wham! Pam Wham! The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.